Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So, thank you for that. Welcome, everybody. Thank you, thank you for showing up. So, 50 people, hello. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you, everybody. I want as interactive as possible. This is our time to be together. Uh, and so we want to feel that sense of community since we can't uh, physically be here. And, and so during, during the actual, feel free to ask questions. Um, I have Don here and he is helping and he'll, so he'll try to field all of the, um, uh, the questions, comments. We will have like a Q and A portion. Usually these sits, obviously, I just talk for a little bit or Wendy or whoever's leading it. We'll talk for a little bit and then we will have um, a little community practice as well. So we want to have that opportunity. So if anything's coming up for you, please um, use the chat function on Zoom on Facebook and uh, we can come together as a community in, in this way. So the topic today is taking risk in these times. So if you're not familiar with um, the this is a in Buddhism, which is we go for shelter. So uh, when things are going not so well, maybe where do we take refuge? But in in Buddhism, um, there's always a need to to take refuge. There's an idea that um, through our attachments, we are in a constant state of of um, either subtle or gross uh, suffering. So we pay attention to this, this grasping mind and uh, our attachments. And we notice through eating this, craving this, and then not wanting this, that we're in a constant state of, of flux. And so refuge is coming back in to some sense of, of ground and solidity. And I noticed that during this sit together, I noticed that there was a little bit in within myself, a little bit of disconnect because I couldn't see everybody. And I felt like I wanted to guide the meditation a little bit more than I usually do, which I don't usually guide half an hour at all. We just sit in silence. Maybe we need more connection because I felt people are just by themselves. And so I wanted to go out and, and lead more, say things. And then I thought, <laughs> what we're about with refuge is that we're all finding this refuge within ourselves. And so I kind of held back and I said, you know, I'm actually not. I'm just going to sit here and be with my own inner inwardness and, and find this peace within myself and offer this as a gift to all of you wherever you're at, to really find it wherever you are. So I want to start off with 
this idea of where where are you living this idea that i'm just kind of thinking about this morning what i mean by that is we all have opportunity to kind of live in our inner mind and we could be living in we could be be living in in fear we could be living external which we usually do kind of um wanting what's outside of our or inward for one and then we could be living in a state of of connection if we want to a state of calm if we want to a state of peace if we want to i was going out for a walk and i and as soon as i walked out of my gate there was a monk running towards me this is this is a site that i see quite a bit because i live next to the the tibetan center um, in long beach and there's a younger monk and he goes in jog so i go for a lot of walks as well so we see each other a lot see a lot he's running and we both move each other keep social he goes one way, I go the other way. And even though we were separating, I felt a sense of connection. So, and I, cho- and I chose that. I, I, I actually felt in the beginning, I felt, oh, we're separating. This is like not good. Overall, that we're not being able to connect in the ways that we usually do. And then I moved a little bit deeper and I thought, oh, you know, we're in comparison away from one another and I moved into this this place of connection I felt connected so more this time more than ever we have to to realize living as far as in our in our minds and our beingness what are we allowing ourselves to attach our minds to if we look at it more we have this collective like this relative truth of a car is a car and a house is a house and all this stuff and then we have our own personal truths in a personal way. If you if you look at some people um, have have a truth that we might call them a little bit off or something. It's our own. And then we have collect. Right now, it's really important to know what your truth is and where it lies. And if it's coming from a fear-based place, if it's coming from a love-based place. If it's coming from service, where is it coming from? Where are you living? There's a lot of things that are arising in our collective consciousness and our collective awareness. But what are you choosing to grab onto? It's all relative truth. It's only been a month. I was also reflecting on this. 30 days ago, many of us that are on this call, we were in retreat in Big Bear. It's only been a month uh, since then. And so much has happened in, in that amount of time. But if we look and take refuge in, in this dharma, this truth of him, we see that, that only 30 days ago, everything was pretty much normal in our world, at least here. <clears throat> to go on retreat, there were 50 Nobody thought anything of it. Looking at allowing 
flexibility of time and shift into change and to find some sign there that it's okay, that this too is going to shift and pass. I was on a walk the other day and there was a leaf. Well, there was, there was an impression of the leaf in the, in the concrete. And so yeah, when the, when the concrete was dry, drying, several leaves had fallen from and made these really beautiful impressions in the concrete. And those was an actual leaf. And you could tell it was the same leaf. It was the same leaf that had fallen maybe years and years ago. Got me thinking. Well, like there was a real leaf there and there was the impressions of, of these leaves that were very solid <laughs> and, 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 more, and more permanent, you know. And it got me thinking of illusion and what is real in our minds as these are true. But they look like they're true, just like that leaf. It looked like a leaf. It wasn't a leaf, but it was in the concrete, just like things are impressed in our mind is true. And then when we're stuck on those things, see the truth of what is in a very fresh way. And just seeing things as they are, we're seeing these impressions in our mind are really stuck and fixed. We have no flexibility, no way to move. So where are you living in your mind? Are you living in, in a, in a it's not true? Or are you living right here? This is really true refuge when we talk about refuge in the Dharma, refuge in the Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Taking refuge in the Dharma, which is taking refuge in what's, what's true, what's real, just this. And how we meet, I've been thinking also of how we're meeting the situations and to meeting it with much more than, um, energy. This is a patient, this, this energy, of course, kindness, compassion, uh, patience um, is very, very important. Openness, nurturing, nourishing. We're being pulled away from this type A energy of pushing. We're being drawn into our homes. We're being drawn back into family. We're being drawn back into togetherness. We're being drawn back inward, back in, in, into ourselves. But this drawing, pushing. And so, we're taking refuge in that. We're taking refuge in what is. All the dissonance, all the friction, all the attack is not being okay with what is. And so if this is the energy that's here, live in that, like live in that energy, like merge with that energy. So this energy, energy of calm, of tenderness to ourselves, to one another, 
so painful. You know, what, what, where am I in? Am I in my, um, am I merging with the energy of what is actually real and what's actually here? Or am I fighting? Do I have a lot of dissonance? I like Sangam Chupa when he would when he would talk about um, taking refuge or where do we find you know this this place this what do we take solace in this whole he would talk about it like we're a refuge I used to love this when you you're, and what he what he meant by that is that you have to leave your homeland. You have to leave your beliefs. You got to leave your your concepts. You're leaving all of that behind. People think that taking refuge sometimes is is actually coming into a a community, or you're actually taking refuge in in something outside of themselves, but in a different form, almost like you would like a congregation or a, a church or something. Like taking refuge in your spiritual friends is one thing. Because they remind you of the truth. Refuge is you're actually taking refuge in being completely and utterly alone. And when the first time I heard this, I contracted. <laughs> I was like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. But actually, if we look, this is what we're doing right here in the, in the sense that what is what we can depend on externally we see how fragile it is even the smallest thing like well not the smallest thing but it's actually the big things that we think are definitely going to be there like all the event and i could just name a million things right now like toilet paper we always thought that toilet paper would be there we'd be able to get this and that but we're noticing that we have to depend upon what is inside, and this goes for virtue and ethics and stillness and all of these things that we're not attaching ourselves to this dependency on something outside. So true refuge is I'm going to let go of beliefs and the concepts and this, this idea that life is going to be like this, and I'm going to depend on that, and that's going to, that's going to offer me some stability. But if you, you move in and take and take as refuge your own Buddha nature, your own awareness, your own compassion, your own these virtues that are inside your, yourself, your own stillness, your own your own equanimity. These things cannot be taken away from us. They're always here. They have never changed. Nothing, no one, like I mentioned, no, no one could take it away from you. So this is the this is the place to find some stability, find some. We can put roots down in there that aren't going to be pulled back out. So to become the, this refugee of some sorrow, like, you know, it's like uh, when we take refuge, we get in the boat, land. Now we're in the ocean as a refugee crossing the ocean of samsara. This is one analogy. 
that we're floating out by ourselves, but actually we're coming in contact for the first time with what is really, really real and what can be dependent on them. So going over briefly, many of you know the three aspects of taking refuge that we usually talk about. Those of you that are not familiar, I will speak about them briefly and speak about the inner and outer aspect of, of taking refuge and, and how they uh, can specifically help us during this time. But the first one, taking refuge in so the Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. And the first one, taking refuge in the Buddha outwardly is like taking refuge in the external the historical figure of this human being, Buddha, who was just like us, who was looking for more happiness and less suffering. And then inwardly, which, which is much more important, actually, is which in our own Buddha nature. And this is what we're speaking to today. This place, this part of ourselves that's beyond attachment and aversion beyond desire, beyond the part of our awareness that is looking at all of that arising, looking at the contents of, of, of your awareness, that which is arising, abiding, and falling away, and moving inward into what is experiencing that, into the experiencer. What is more permanent? When those things fall away, what remains? Longchenpa would say this quite a bit, this beautiful Nyingma Lama. You say, what remains? What remains when your thoughts and fall away? What was What was there during? What was there when they leave? So we're taking refuge in that. So this is Buddha nature. And of course, there's that could be refined infinitely from from beings greater than self on this real this true essence of our own beings. Taking refuge in Dharma, Dharma teachings, the Dharma, uh, the teachings of the Buddha. This is actually just truth. Dharma means truth. Taking refuge. Can, can we be with what is? And this is very important, like I mentioned, where are you living? Where are you living? The mind catastrophizing, rehearsing, rehashing all the time. But still, again, there's very, very, very few knowns. There's the known of this moment. There's the known of breathing in, breathing out. I see some of you here on Zoom. I see your knowns. You're known, you're just like me, you're sitting. I see several of you, you have blankets as well. So we're sitting together, it's all, we're breathing. That's all we know. <laughs> it's sometimes it's good to be um, stupid, dumb, you know, because the mind thinks it's so smart. It's making up all of these possibilities and all of these what ifs and 
all of this, these grandiose, this imagination is amazing. The imagination is so fantastic, so amazing. And yet there's, there's so much of our lives are not imagining, but being with what is real. This is true wisdom. Imagination is wonderful. In fact, as an enlightenment tool, imagination and creativity is into don't know mind if it's used effectively. But like Choigam Chupa, who loved art, loved creativity, he would say all the time, it is the worst, the worst use of imagination. So taking a real, this is the dark and the leak to that. What is real? And then taking refuge in Sangha, so incredible uh, during these times is to take refuge in spiritual friends like we're doing here. It's really wonderful that these online platforms, I'm seeing a lot more uh, things going, uh, using Zoom and Live, and we're connecting in greater numbers. Uh, had the opportunity to talk with my closest teacher, Venerable Tintin Chip, and we, we routinely, when we do connect, this guy, but she was telling her classes are, are filling up in greater numbers because they're all going virtual and this is kind of like the new norm. So that's, that's great. So connecting with our spiritual friends and those that are, where are they living? Are they living in, the, in a mind that is more expansive, more expansive, not contracting as much, more dedicated to kindness, more dedicated to, uh, to, to love, to compassion? We're dedicated to coming out of this better than is this opportunity. Like just catastrophe. Look at all the silver linings of this. And again, that's not to not to put uh, the compassion what's happening. But we could also allow us to to smile, to be happy. Today, it's okay. They haven't put an ordinance. Uh, it's not not a protocol not to smile. <laughs> you know, social distancing, this and that. But actually, we could be happy today. We could smile today. We could feel resilient today. We could feel the feel that it's that's good and it's a blessing that um, that Mother Earth, for example, was giving getting a rest with all of the emissions and you know the cars being taken off the road and, and all of these things, we could, we could feel gratitude for that. There's many beautiful things happening and it's okay for us to partake in the, the positive parts and we still have passion and empathy as well. I'm gonna check in after anyone um, questions, comments, um, you can feel free. Yeah, we have there's, some, a, there's a raise hand button in Zoom. In Zoom, there is a raise hand button. 
So you can feel free to use that now. Question in chat. Yeah, or you can type your question in chat and you will see it as well. Same thing on Facebook. They're going to type their question. There's no reason. Yeah, same thing. Same thing with Facebook. You can just go ahead and type in your question. We'll see it. Um, do we have any questions yet, Don? Questions, yeah. Questions to we just read comments again. We want to just come together as as a group. So as we're waiting for, for questions, comments to come in, I'm just gonna read a couple poems. Uh, a book called The First you know, thinking of the more uh, feminine energy that's that I really feel arising right now. And is that oh, this is coming upside down or because we're on depending on the camera angle, but it's called The First Free Women. And Maddie Weingat, I believe, is he's the one that put this book together. And it's the first women. Um, um, and their poems, and, and they're really, really beautiful. And books like this are uh, unfortunately few and far between. Uh, they highlight uh, women of Buddhism. And so I like to share these things because their voices are extremely important. And uh, don't get the, the media, unfortunately, there's very few books on this. So, uh, yeah, please support this collection, The First Free Women, if you can. And I'm just going to read a poem from here. This one's called Chitta, or Heart. Somehow I kept climbing, though tired, hungry, and weak, old too. At the top of the mountain, I spread my outer rock, set down my staff and bowl, took a deep breath, and I looked around. It was windy up there. As I was leaning back against a large gray rock, the darkness I had carried up and down a million mountains slipped off my shoulders and swept itself away on the wind. Let's read that last part again. As I leaned back against large, the darkness I carried up and down a million mountains slipped off my shoulders and swept itself away on the wind. No questions, but a comment from Margaret. You want me to read it, or would you like to just skip the Q&A? No, okay. Yeah, so from Margaret, just a comment. Something that has been so joyful. How many doors and 
Now we are distancing, smiling and waving. And I notice that most people are being so much more friendly. Um, and then there is a question from Sen Emram. Um, <clears throat> how can we let our darkness slip away on the wind? Uh, yeah, thank you for asking that. So if you didn't hear that, how can we let our darkness slip away on? And I think that there's obviously it depends on the weight of and the tools. So when the Buddha taught 84,000 teachings, they said, because those are, there's 84,000 problems. <laughs> and then there's 84,000 antidotes. So how we do that? is uh there's many different ways but but there's two two main categories so the buddha would would talk about letting things pass in two different ways two big categories the first one was just looking and to see the intrinsic nature of this as impermanent and empty of an of inherent nature right so is falling away and so when we watch it we notice this. Also, we notice that a quote-unquote problem is empty from its own side. So, in other words, there's a rising. Usually, what we're is our reaction to that thing, and even our reaction to our reaction. So, let's just use the example of what's happening in the world right now. So, there's is what's there's what's happening is a fear. So we can notice that the fear is arising, and that's still not a problem. Fear arising is no problem, as long as we think that's a problem. So another fear is arising, we're looking at fear. The fear is thoughts, emotions, and body sensations. And we notice that those are impermanent and not a problem. So we're watching this, these, these thoughts come, emotions come, sensations come, we're watching them go. And we remain the same. We remain before, during, after. And our reaction to that fear can be actually positive. Thank you for coming, fear. You're trying to protect me. Right? Fear is something that we've been has been hard. This home creepy. You're trying to protect me. The second one, so this is just pure awareness. The second one is to apply what we call more applied mindfulness. So this is through discernment. We could actually have an application. We could, we could, instead of just watching it, we could apply something so that the opposite of fear would be loving kindness, loving kindness, compassion. So you would simply maybe put your hand on your heart and say, may I be free from suffering beings that are suffering like me, may they too be free. So you might want to apply an antidote of loving kindness and compassion. So it's an example of one way that we you know, allow those worries to float away. And I saw another one. Uh, yeah, that was Sue's question, but you just answered it. So oh. it's a similar question asked a different way. So she said your answer was. Okay, so Tanya 
Hello, Tanya. Good to see you. Okay, so from Tanya, a lot are being impacted by CV and have lost jobs. Do you have any words to help minimize the anxiety that comes when one is concerned about how they are going to pay rent and bills? Yeah, so the, the first one <clears throat> is that it really does calm down the nervous system. So, so using this tool, so, so this anxiety is here. It's, it, it has arisen, it's here. So allowing, allowing the mind to come into a state of, of being with itself. So not running, not moving in, into distraction, but coming in and paying attention to what's here. So being here for yourself, not running from it. And meeting it with the expansiveness of awareness. So noticing that you're loved for yourself, love goes on forever. Like love without attachment, love without condition goes on forever. Right? So if you're holding the problem, if you're holding it in the ocean of your love that goes on forever, it can be very small. But if you're just within the energy of that thought, oh, how am I gonna pay my bills? Then you are that, that's where you're living to go back to what I was saying before, like, where are you living? Are you living in the thought of the fear of I going to, how am I gonna pay my bills? Or are, are you living in the compassion, passion for your suffering? Which one are you? May I be free from the suffering? I'm watching. Okay. The second piece is more on the wisdom side, which is don't know mind. Don't know mind so important these days. Don't know. 30 days ago, we were in retreat and Big Bear. No problem. 30 days from now, don't know. Don't know. So in don't know mind, everything's a possibility. Like there could be um financial success could be coming our way you know, we don't really know that doesn't mean we do not take precautionary actions and we don't move forward in a way but also remember to stay with what's real i lost my job that's real the mind catastrophizing and saying i'm not going to be able to pay my rent I'm gonna lose my house, blah, blah, you know, on and on and on and on. Don't know. I lost my house. I'm gonna be homeless. Well, we don't know. I lost my house. I might move in with my good friend. We might build community together. It could be awesome. Stay with what you know. Um, the body down with compassion. Remember that loop, pay attention to that loop. When there's a thought, it moves into the body. Let's say it's, an, it's, a, it's a fearful thought, it moves into the body. Body begins to react. And then how that reaction is met with the mind, you have an opportunity there to break that loop. If the mind is freaking out about the body's reaction, 
in the bottom right. It's like, oh, we should be freaked out. <laughs> but if it meets with loving kindness and, oh, it's okay. It's okay to suffer. It's okay. Remind the body, it's okay. Even in your fearfulness, it's okay. It's okay for a child to be scared. It's okay. It's okay. The body with it. And the body says, oh, okay. This is all right. Fear is okay. Confusion's okay. Not knowing's okay. No problem. Uh, another question from Elizabeth. Can you talk a little bit the concept of humanity and how that can help us in these moments of uncertainty? Thank you. Is that in the term of the compassion practice? Um, I don't know. We can ask Elizabeth for clarification. It's just the concept of concept of common humanity how that can help us in moments of uncertainty. Yeah. So usually we see this, this concept come up when we're compassion and especially self-compassion. Um, I think we're the only ones suffering, only ones having a hard time. And we have this contraction energy around suffering. As soon as suffering arises, there's usually a contraction energy uh, that coincides with it. And so if we feel a sense of, of uh, that suffering in and of itself is part of, the, of, part of being human, it's really uh, a way to connect. So instead of feeling, feeling contracted, a way to connect with others. So, yeah, this, this common humanity and just feel like you're feeling at this collective consciousness with what's happening at the grocery stores this is what's exactly happening so you see like poor beings we're so we have this this almost fundamentalist fundamentalist religion idea of a separate self you know it's like this idea is like attacking our very basis of our what we think is real is that we're a permanent fixed separate individual self we have me, we have mine, and I'm going to protect me, and I'm going to protect mine, and I'm going to buy all the food and take and uh, compassion. You see, wow, this is, you know, a lot of people think that they're individuals, that they're not all interconnected. One of the first, you know, seal, the four seals of Buddhism, that, that these things, this interconnectedness, interdependence. That we're interdependent. You know, I, I read something on Facebook. Somebody said, uh, "Yeah, you know, USA right now, we just need to take care of ourselves." So silly. Resources come from all around the world. How could you be so silly? Not see interconnectedness. Again, if we move into the energy of, why do we want to be in line with interconnectedness? because it's real. Why do we want to be in line with impermanence? Because it's real. Why do we want to be in line with don't know mind? Because it's real. So we are interconnected. 
right? So it's so important during this time. Thank you for asking that question. It's so important because this more as an opportunity to feel our connectedness. All connected here. All one, one family going through this pandemic. That's beautiful in a way. It's not an epic epidemic. You know, it's in a city, town, nation, pandemic. We're in it together. Beautiful in that way. It's worldwide. <clears throat> Another question. I think you may have answered it, but add anything. Amazingly, even without interacting with very many other people, a lot of judgment of others is still arising, especially around people not doing everything to take care of themselves and others. I think we actually have an unusual unity information on posted speak about that judging mind. So Kate, if you didn't hear Don talking, um, can they hear you on your speaker? Um, um, See, just know. to reiterate, Kate was saying. Uh, yeah, thumbs up from Andy. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> just to elaborate, is that we have to have compassion for people's fears. Um, that's what we're seeing. Uh, and, and, and selfishness. You know, people are selfish. That's just this is how it is. So maybe people are. And taking the precautions that they're supposed to be taken and, and, and that's just the, the reality of it and know that we can't control everything so even though we have compassion for self and others and out of that compassion we would like everybody to you know, stay home and keep distance and on all of these things and this equanimity practice of you know one of the aspects of the heart practice is that i'm going to love you anyway even though you are hurting self or others. Like I could find a place in my heart where I have to be able to accept that truth and still hold on to love at the same time. And so again, that does not mean that we're a doormat. It does not, not mean that we do not take action. It does not mean that we don't propel that information or just say, hey, knock it off, you know, please. Uh, put everyone's safety ahead of your selfishness. It doesn't mean that we're not acting out in that way, but in from a place of kindness and compassion, not from a of, of wanting hard, harsh judgment, uh, but just from a place. Thank you. <laughs> And hi, Dawn. Some people show up at different times on the feed. Yeah, so any more any more comments? We have a few more minutes. I'll read another post. This one is from a really good friend of mine, um, Salve uh, Monish. So wonderful, he's a psychiatrist and poet. And Yeah, it's a really, really wonderful book. Highly recommended. Um, this one's called Signals. I understand how life feels heavy sometimes. 
even when we can't understand the why, even when we are present, grateful, kind, blessed. Sometimes a weight settles across your shoulders, a dark and silent shawl that lingers. And I don't know the answer to this particular struggle, but in case it helps, here is permission for you, for me. Maybe to sleep in or watch the moon watch you. Maybe kale or chocolate. Maybe scream or throw words on a blank space across the pages of your journal. To slow down or stop, to do less or nothing until you can hear the deep heart pulsing, the steady grasp, steady rasp of the the of your cells, they know what you mean. Without these words, just calling us inward, back, back to our eternal home of self. One more. So this is a just a beautiful, beautifully written book, Nor the Magic Dance, about the five wisdom dakinis, he calls it. These these are all the these are the elements. The five wisdom dakinis are the elements. These um they're feminine um, in Tibetan Buddhism. The, the elements and so this is a little paragraph or two in mind and i've given talks on play mind before i love this concept of play mind um, in tibetan buddhism and, and i just feel like it's nice to just remember that this, there's a not play mind right now and that's and that's um that has a place and, um, but I thought these words were maybe comforting here just to allow them to, to land wherever they might land this morning for you. Through play, spiritual energy can be sustained. So we must not think that play is always bad. Whether or not mature minds reject play, everything is still the display of the natural secret essence of the elements and our subtle elements become congested and cannot reflect the wisdom display if our mind is calm and vast and playful we could always recognize the essence space there is never turbulence between the growth elements when we study open play mind we can absorb what we study flexibility comes from play mind so open we can accept we cannot learn it in serious mind because it is tight and unbalanced this mind is tight while our play mind is always rested when there is no space and no rest whatever we learn will be limited when we work, if we have open play mind, 
we will not have fear of losing anything. So we can work continuously until we attain our goal. With the confidence that comes from play mind, we never hesitate and we do not make mistakes. So we could use a little bit of play mind, a little bit of, of mind, compassion mind, together mind. Um, so just want to thank everyone very much for coming together and for supporting one another um, during this time. Um, so continue to, to connect. I got a nice text from a Sangha member uh, this past week, and it was just a, it was a simple hello. And she said, oh, I'm just, I'm just people I know randomly and wishing them well and seeing me. And I'm doing that with some friends and family. Um, any way that we can support one another during this time is, is uh, important. Connect, connect, connect. So, so thank you very much. I go again about Donna donations. Um, we're just, we have a Venmo account. We're getting set up, but I think for now, um, we just want to offer this um, just for free. So um, don't worry about Donna. Don't worry about donations uh, right now. And um, as, as it evolves, we'll just see how it evolves. But for now, um, this is our, each other and coming together so I'm sending love and blessings and as we leave maybe just move into meditation uh, so we could dedicate the merit one more time we dedicate the merit to all these beings that cannot be with us virtually and hear these teachings that somehow, some way, all the goodness, the wisdom, the compassion, any insights, any lifting of delusion, contact with the wisdom that we share together may be felt by all beings. As we mentioned, our interconnectedness, interdependence. And may this merit be shared with all of them. May all beings everywhere without exception, may they be happy and may they be free from suffering. have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.